great future. We're talking real money. Well, Monday through Friday, or Monday through Thursday, or just Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, depending on where you work. The average American work week now? (laughs) You you probably do something to make money, or somebody at least thinks you're doing something to make money and sends you a check for it. Then direct deposit, please. Other yeah. times you're you're mm. thinking about um, things you might do with that money. What? I just think it's funny. <laughs> just where the world is today. Where the, the world it, is if today. If you're lucky, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So yeah. Okay. Have you noticed that the pandemic sort of changed things? We talked about this A before, lot. but uh, in, because Americans have been criticizing the French, saying, "Well, we work way more than they do." Not anymore. Really? Not I'm not e- so no, sure. Anyway, no, okay. no, yeah. no, right. ma- no. Anyway, yeah. uh, but the point I'm trying to get to in a roundabout manner is <laughs> very. very the fact that in the course of your life, money is a pretty big deal. And you need to know what's going on with it. It's kind of important. And to help you do that, we're here to take your calls at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. But it also was a recent topic in AARP, The Magazine. I forgot that's its name. It's actually called AARP, The Magazine. The yeah, Magazine of piece. the AARP. And this was a piece entitled it was a great piece i really really liked it so much that when tom showed it to me i went we got to do a whole show on it two hours which basically you never do when i bring up an idea so no this is never this is me. the first time in like <laughs> probably 32 <true>. years <laughs> uh like and it's it's the issue is entitled how well do you know your money and uh, in the last episode or hour we talked about some of the things you about the earning and the spending of it Mm -hmm. in this episode we want to talk about the wealth part the building the wealth and then the taking it out in retirement thing and to start there's one thing that many of us have wealth embedded in and we may not be good investors but those of us who are homeowners often have some wealth but the question tom is if you were to sell your house today how much cash, how much actually, not what would you get for it? No. How much cash are you going to walk away with? And this is, I make this mistake because if you looked at my net worth spreadsheet, it shows the value of the home, shows the mortgage I have, and what's left is what I've got. That ain't going to happen. And by the way, the same is true in your retirement accounts. Because remember, you may have saved all that money in a retirement account. And when you take it out, you're going to pay tax on it. So less goes into your pocket. When you sell a home in the great state of Washington, you end up paying out somewhere, depending yeah, on the kind of deal you can negotiate. Who, and it depends on whose numbers yeah. you're using. Yeah, exactly. But somewhere between 8 and 10% of the value of that property, which is, that's a fairly significant amount. So it reminds me of a couple things. First of all, if you're getting ready to sell, you should negotiate hard with the person who's going to list your property really hard because this is a major transaction and number two if you're sort of keeping track of your net worth you got to know what you're going to walk away with that's the real number yeah, by the way it's not that's just, the net 
Yeah, you know, it's not just paying the realtor, by the way. You've got excise tax. There's a whole bunch of other sort of expenses that go along with this. And when we're talking a number, I mean, when you're talking 8 to 10%, and what's the, what are home prices? I mean, you're, you're looking at a million bucks. Yeah, and I'd say I, that's probably about average. I mean, so we're talking $100,000 in fees and taxes and things that are just sucked out right off the top. And this is, so as I say, it's important to know this. It's important to consider this when you're looking at retirement because a lot of people say, well, I'll take a bunch of the money from my home. We'll live someplace smaller. It'll be less expensive and I'll end up with all this cash. Huge, huge decision there to be made. And as I, I, I truly believe, negotiate in today's world because not that long ago, there were more realtors than there were home deals, I think, or home listings. Or more something. realtors, so, more real estate agents than grains of sand on the beach than planets. In the galaxy, there are a lot of real estate agents. I mean, really, estate agents. Uh, so, yeah, but negotiate because the biggest thing you can negotiate, you can't negotiate the taxes, but you can negotiate the commission. That is negotiable. 855-935-TALK. Call us with your questions about money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from hodgepodgeitis dread opening their quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high-pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. We want to help you know the things you should know about money because there are a lot of things you should know, and that's the topic of today's show, the things you need to know about money. But the things you really need to know, only you know what they are. So to tell us what they are and let us help you with them, you need to call us at 855-935-8255 like Dave did. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hi, gentlemen. I have a question for you. I um, I bought a uh, Vanguard fund, which has really done not too well at all, VWUSX, and it kind of goes into something against what you guys recommend because it's very tech-oriented. The uh, five, Over five years, it's up 18.9 versus the index of SPY, which is up 53%. And I guess I'm just wondering, um, would you – folks suggest that I would maybe sell that at this point and just get into an SPY or one of your ideal portfolios disorders just, or just stay, stay with this well, as it comes back up. Dave, it's or an actively know. managed fund. We yeah. are not fans of active management. Active managers can sometimes Even win. Even at Vanguard. Even yeah. at Vanguard. Sometimes they win. 
and sometimes they lose. More no, often more than not, they lose. Yeah. They, lose. Yeah. they tend to lose on average by a pretty large margin, by the way. So you should be with all of your money in index funds and not SPY. And it only in... Not in uh, Well, not the standard and Porsche 500. No, not only. Wow. In other words, I was going to say make sure it fits into your overall portfolio asset allocation. Do you have a hole there that sure. needs to have this these this group of stocks in it? I doubt it. I, I do need a, a good oh. um, broad diversified um, SPY type S and P five hundred. I thought. But do but you? Do you? Do you? SPY Let's talk would... about what do you tell tell us what other funds you have in your portfolio. What kind of funds? Oh uh, well, okay. I would say they're pretty much as you would suggest. They're pretty diversified. I mean, I've got like DVY. And I have um, like SPY. Um, so most of those, and then I have I have an international as well. Um, okay, so I if thought you, I was doing. If the you right have DVY that, and SPY, you have no diversification. You have five hundred stocks right. because they both own the same stocks. It's just that DVY, the Select Dividend ETF, owns fewer of them, but it's the same stocks. Okay, and this is always where the rubber meets the road when people say we're doing what you say to do. No, and, and I hate to be sort of argumentative because that comes later in the day when I referee high school boys soccer. In but the, the reality is you are not in the rain. You're not because you don't own enough U.S. small, U.S. small cap value. You don't have enough international small. You don't have all these other parts. You've got to have a portfolio that takes in all of these things because we never know which one of those things is going to be good or bad. And when you own them all, you've reduced the volatility and actually made a little bit more money. So my suggestion would be to get a review of all this, to have somebody look at it, third party, somebody else, and say, no, you're missing this. You're missing this because, as Don pointed out, the two funds you have mentioned hold a very similar basket of stocks. Yeah, they're they're basically the same funds for all intents and purposes. It's just they're more dividend payers in the iShares. Uh, what's the what's the international you hold? Um, I actually do not actually. Re okay, um, V. I think it's um, VW. IGX, I believe. Wait a minute. Yeah, um, that's the active. Again, that's another actively managed fund. International growth. Yeah, that's another yeah, actively managed fund. So your whole portfolio fund. is basically large growth companies. When the reality is, the more productive firms have been small value companies. We don't say not own growth. No, you but should we say you got own the other parts too, which you do not have in your portfolio you're not well diversified and you're paying too much whereas you could have a vanguard international index or a global index like uh like vt and pay less than one tenth of one percent you're paying on average about four tenths of one percent or four times more than you'd pay with index mm -hmm. funds and you're not doing as well as the index funds have done, or you haven't done as well as they have done. So uh, and, you kind of need a rethink of everything a little bit. It's not that they're bad. It's just that it's not what we suggest. It's really not. Even at three times okay. as much, do you want to pay $12, $12 a gallon of gas or four? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so that's your how model I look portfolio like, on your website would suggest some of those that you're discussing now. Yeah, yeah. Much we have a three, we have a very simple three fund, two fund portfolio that will cover more bases than you have covered now by by far. 
by a and huge margin. And if you want to get more complicated, you can go to Paul Merriman's uh, paulmerriman.com. He's got under his portfolios 10 funds, 4 funds. He's got it all. So how hard do you want to work? It's all there for you. <laughs> That's okay. a lot of funds. Good luck to you, yeah. Dave. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah. We really appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is the number here. And Sylvia, you're up. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm following up first. I talked to you back in June about my um, first Allied slash Cetera um, financial advisor, and you said she was probably acting as a fiduciary and that I should follow up with her and see if she had electronically traded funds or um, whatever the other kind, index funds. Oh, index Exchange funds. traded. Exchange funds. traded. Funds. Okay, yeah. Traded funds. All right. So anyway, so I did, mm-hmm. and she didn't answer me. So I what, went what do you home mean she and didn't I looked. Wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm not following. Them. You we called have... your financial. And... I, you told me to, to to talk to my financial advisor because you said that I could get better better service and better funding through. Um, through your service, through or, Appella Wells. Or other people. For, uh, what did you discover lower, you had when you went back and looked at your statement after she didn't answer you? What did you find you had? I have mutual funds. They were all mutual funds. There's no electronically traded funds. She didn't offer me electronically traded funds. Okay, and I believe there are some. Can um, you give me the names of any of the funds you have? But no, it doesn't matter because I, I took your advice and I went and called Vestry. Oh, okay. Rolled everything over. I just wanted to tell you, you were correct. That she was a fiduciary, but no, she was unable to compare to give me similar rates or similar funds to what you could get through. Right, which well. means she probably was selling product too for commissions. That would be my first guess, but without knowing for sure, I you know without seeing anything. Yeah, I don't, I know she sells life insurance, so yeah, yeah. she sells products. Yeah, so she's not a one hundred percent fiduciary. That's the difference. But you were right, you know. Yeah. You were right. Well, thank so you, I, thank you for the update. You asked me to follow up. I appreciate so, that so much. Thank you. You are so welcome. I appreciate your advisor, Sean. He's been very, very patient with an old woman. Um, so anyway, so now I'm in Schwab is my custodian, and I've rolled over all my funds. And I also came on some money, and I put it in a brokerage account, part of it. But now I have twenty or $30,000 that I was thinking of putting it in a CD of some sort or a high-interest savings account. But the, the CD, it looks like they're brokerage accounts if you go through Vanguard. Am I correct? Well, if you go through Schwab, you'll get brokered CDs, but that's great because the brokered CDs pay very well and have the same insurance. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hi there. Welcome back. 855-935-TALK. That is our phone number, and we, of course, have a line open for you. You can also call that number 24-7. If you have questions for us, we'll answer them on a future show. And uh, one more thing. Today, our subject is things you should know about money. And one of the things we've just been talking about with people is proper diversification. And Tom, do a lot of people know how much stock they have in their portfolios? 
No, you know, it's fascinating uh, when we meet with people. Generally, I will ask them. They have their statements with them, and I'll say, what's your stock-to-bond ratio? They start pulling at their statement. I go, no, 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 no. What do you believe it is? <laughs> it's a fascinating t- discussion. They go, oh, can I just look at the statement? Then I'll know. Um, and this is something you really need to know at any stage of your life. Yep. I How know much mine. in stocks? Yep. I know mine, too. Yep. What's yours? 70-30. Yeah, I'm 80-20. Because um, he's younger than and I so, by a, like a year. Not much, by fractional margin. So, I mean, the reality is you've got you – you, all you got to do is look at your statement. On many of the statements, they have a table or pie chart. It's right there. You can look at it and know. A pie chart? You mean it's that yes. clear? It's like coloring? It's that cl- – it's like – then you could even color it in if it wasn't in color. But you got to know that. You got to know stocks, bonds, and if it's cash, you got in there too. I mean, you just have to know that all the and time. And then, though, really, then it we we should dig deeper. We need to dig deeper because it's like Dave who called. You know, I I've got the kind of things you guys say I should have, but diversification is not just stocks and bonds. Diversification is stocks and bonds with the right mix of stocks and this is what's so important you know most people miss this it's it's about 85 percent of the investable money in stocks in the u.s today is in u.s large cap which means it's just which means the bulk of your money's in apple and microsoft yeah oh huge yeah as i mentioned on last week's show 13 percent of the s&p 500 maybe more after this week so you really want to make sure it's spread around more you've got to have small you have to have value you've got to have international the same sort of asset classes with international. You should have emerging markets. You should have all those things in your portfolio. Now, is that easy? It kind of is in today's world. Mm-hmm. I think we just mentioned that we give away free portfolios. Paul Merriman's got There's all kinds of places to go read up on this. And you find somebody who has good advice about passively rules-based managed index type of funds, not actively managed, low expense. You build the right portfolio. You might have to rebalance it from time to time if you're doing this on your own. But that you've got to know that, especially, especially if I would say for 50 plus, because you're getting closer to retirement and you could make a big mistake at, say, in your early 60s, be way too committed to one part of the market, have that go down a lot and you don't have the time to recover necessarily. So that's a huge thing. I'm going to ask you a question and I don't know if you know the answer, but (laughs) it's live. Uh, You were just at DFA, Dimensional Funds in Austin. Um, I know DFA has a fund, a mutual fund that covers all the bases with an overweighting, uh, to small and value. Do they have an ETF yet that does that? They do not. Okay. They do not. That I do not. Does the anybody but you, have one available? Yeah. Does Avantis? Oh, A-F- oh a- A-V-G-E. AVGE. AVGE. Right. Yeah, so you, you know, could go own that. There's a one way. Fund. What exactly? So you it could takes, literally have. Yeah, you could have BND at Vanguard, yeah, and AVGE at Avantis. That's it, and that's all you need. It's a pretty good portfolio. It's not quite as sophisticated as when we do this for a living, but that's a pretty good portfolio. Yeah, but for really somebody is. who's just getting started and looking for proper Absolutely. diversification, huge. It'd be better than what our previous caller had. Oh, much better by far. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. There you could go. You could go that way. Just do that if you just want to make it simple. So. Yeah, okay. I think some people don't trust that. They feel like it's all my eggs in one basket. Like, why am I in one fund? Yeah. It's not all your eggs. It's like 9,000 baskets or 10. Well, what not? A lot no, AVGE is not that big. AVGE mm. is, let me look it up. It is, but Hold it's on. a lot. 
Hold on, I'm going to pull it up. Talk, talk, keep talking. Tom, say something. Oh, okay. It's your turn. <laughs> you got to, you got to, you got to fill. You Get her fill. done. Uh, it is. Uh, I don't know how many stocks. It doesn't say. Tom and Don are talking real money. future we're talking real money what do you need to know about your dough call us and we'll tell you here on our show at 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 and it's off to jeffrey we go jeffrey welcome to the show hi there hey hi there uh quick question for you i was uh at my financial advisors about three weeks ago, and he suggested I have uh, I put more um, buy more uh, consumer discretionary, and uh, so I picked a fund and uh, said, "Here's what I want to buy." And he called back or left a note saying, "We can't buy this for you." And I said, "Why not?" He says, "There's not enough money in it. It doesn't have enough uh, base capital apparently." And um, huh? so I picked something else, which is equivalent. Yeah, but my question is: Wait, 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 wait! Give us the ticker. The give us the ticker. Yeah. Give us the ticker of the first one. I'm okay. just curious. Okay, the first, the what, the one is. I'm sorry. Hang on. Um, the I-E-D-I. one you can't buy because it. What is it? Yes. I E D I. It's I shares. I E D I. I E D I. The I shares U.S. Consumer Focused ETF. Okay. All right. Go ahead. What's Correct. your with your question? Well, the question is, um, and it's also fairly new. So the question is, um, what are the risks of investing in something that doesn't have a ton of capital in it to begin with? Does that make sense? Because yeah. in other words, I think they said it has to have like over fifty million before they consider it safe, quote unquote safe. It's an ETF. Does that make sense? I don't know how that would be unsafe yeah. I, I, uh, because it's because it sh- it should be. <laughs> uh, well, it should be an. Well, let's just take it. Well, let's see if it's actively managed. Hold on. Let me just. I think it is. I'm trying to figure that out just by looking at it here. Um, The yield was good and the expense ratio was fairly decent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They are actively, slightly actively managed. But let's go back here just again so everybody understands what we're talking about, Jeffrey. We don't buy things like this because we don't do sectors per se. Well, we don't guess about the future, which is exactly what your guy is doing. He's guessing. Well, no, Jeffrey took this idea to him. Right. I no, do you, bro, you said your 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 advisor told you to get more into yeah. into consumer, right? Correct, more discretionary. Yeah, yeah, which yeah is guessing about the future. This is not, well, think- in our opinion, this is not the kind of advisor anyone should have because what you have is a prognosticator, which is impossible. Oh, it's impossible. Well, you can you can prognosticate, but not accurately. But you won't be probability yeah go ahead finish your question well that's only it was basically because i had none i had zero consumer discretionary in the and so the portfolio was out of whack no wait 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 wait, no no jeffrey 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 (laughs) jeffrey what is your in your portfolio then no what's in your portfolio I have everything. I have growth. I have small cap. Then you, cap, uh, then you, then have, you have that's cons- in there. Then you have consumer discretionary in there. It's in there already. What your advisor is telling you to do is overweight consumer discretionary. Overweight it. Well, I was actually quite. I was underweighted by by looking at the uh, at the results of the you know when you when you get the statements. It was I was underweighted. 
Underweighted to consume. Do you own Amazon? Wait, no, no, Starbucks? no. Go back. Oh, go yeah. back. What? Give me the name when, of the the. Okay, one. Let's let's. I got to go yeah. back to square one here. How much money's in your portfolio? <laughs> Roughly. Do I want to say in the air? Yeah. Nobody knows who we're, you we're are. Nobody's going to find you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. No. Two. Two million. Okay. Okay. So it's not a small amount. This is a sizable sum. What's your biggest? Yeah. Full, what's your biggest holding? Which which fund ETF do you have the most money in? Uh, it's a combination between probably between DVY and VYM. DYM. Okay, hold on. Yeah, they're they're similar. One's iShares, one's Vanguard. DV DVY. I shares. Oh, select dividend. It, oh my gosh! If, if you're if you're in those two funds, you are just loaded with consumer stocks. Oh. I don't. I have no idea why they would. Look, what screen they'd look at to tell them that? That's on. Okay, but the, the amount I was going to put in was a minuscule amount anyway, so it wouldn't have made a whole lot of difference. I was just curious what what the, what, the right. what what are the um, the dangers of. Yeah, um, okay. There aren't any. There aren't any. There really aren't any. Undercapitalized exchange are. traded funds. There I can't aren't. think Doesn't of. Doesn't matter. So. You know, you're. I, I got to tell you. Um, I think <laughs> that you're getting just really horrible advice. I, I really think you're getting horrible advice. I think you're so in the weeds with all these little little segments of the economy that the fact that your portfolio is so heavily weighted in dividend stocks, which means you're almost entirely blue chip, and if you're going to consumer. Uh, Focus products, then you're going to be blue chip. I think this portfolio is a mess. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Before we move forward, let's go backward just a bit to clarify what we believe is diversification compared to what some people who are trying to make themselves seem more valuable believe to be diversification. We do not believe that a properly diversified portfolio tries to sector weight, have X amount in healthcare, X amount in technology, X amount in consumer cyclicals, X amount in, in energy, X amount in whatever else, utilities or whatever else it might be. A properly diversified portfolio is diversified among asset classes, not sectors, because nobody knows which sector should be overweighted or underweighted uh, or avoided or whatever it might be. No one that is that is called active management or guessing. And sectors are groups of uh, stocks that have similar characteristics, large in their firms business. by large. Well, but large firms, by, well, those no, are asset market, classes. Asset classes. I didn't mean to say sectors. My bad. I got so caught up in that. Asset classes are categorized by the size of the firm, according to market capitalization, mm -hmm. and the the size when you compare the market value versus the sort of book value. That determines growth or value. Other than that, when you start to boil down into all this other silliness, it's going to hurt you. Is and what's going to happen? It's got you're going to make a bad bet. Yeah, and you're making will. bets, and you're making bets. That's the that's really what it boils down to. You may think you're making investments, but in fact, you're making bets. Betting. Eight five five nine three five. Talk, Jim. You're next. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, good. Good day. I 
I'm uh, older and uh, retired, and I'm 100% into dividend-paying ETFs, and I see nothing wrong with that. If I had thought of that earlier, rather than my middle age when we had the lost decade, I'd even tell young people, there's nothing wrong with consumer staples. They're certainly steady eddies. They are? All right, uh, let's go back to the lost decade. Uh, even even your consumer staples in the lost decade did not do well if they were U.S.-based. Almost no segment of the United States market did well between 2000 and 2010. What saved people's that's portfolios why it, between... That's why it's important to have dividends. No, dividend, no, 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 Okay, but the dividend is just part of your total return, Jim. A dividend is merely part of your total return. And when we talk about negative total returns, that includes dividends. What saved people during the lost decade, and you need to hear this because it is something that you don't and many others don't want to hear, what saved people during the lost decade was having about half of their portfolio in international stocks. Which performed very well. well. By the way, smaller companies and value companies did well during that era as well. Yes, but you have to know when to sell those, and you say you can't time the market. You can't time the market. Do you actually believe you can time the market, sir? December 21. Do you believe you can time the market? Nobody can time the market. That's why I'd rather just take the cash and run. What cash? 2.5% dividends? How much cash is that? Mine mine average is 4% with half an international dividend. Okay, thing, so you're making four and a half percent when you could when you could have been making overall over decades 10, 11, 12 percent. Why would you settle you for four? Huh? If you knew when to sell. No, you, you have to know when no. to sell. That anything. was merely buying on. and holding over two decades. Well, actually, well, five decades. What do, you, what, do you, what do you live on? If you want cash every quarter, you sell out. You, you sell a little bit of you your portfolio. You rebalance yeah. and you sell a little bit of the portfolio. There's no need for dip. What dip. if it's way down then? So, sometimes you'll be selling when it's way up. But I can I can the, collect dividends and not sell anything. You need to be clear on what dividend. What that? He's got, you did a good job, Doc, explaining what a dividend. What that is. It's not free. It's no free lunch. No, actually, free. Yes, the, I know that. Every time a dividend yeah. is paid yeah. out, the value of the stock goes down by the amount of the dividend. There you go. So if a stock yeah, doesn't pay I, dividends, I it's. The, yes, yes but I keep the same amount of shares. Uh, if I was selling, but, I'd keep losing shares. No, okay. You keep the same amount of shares, but the minute the dividend is paid, they're worth the exact amount yes. of the dividend lower. Yeah. Which so you yes, so, but but I I don't have to sell shares. I keep them over years and years. I keep the same number of shares and right. still get but, money to live But on. that don't grow as much as a company that doesn't pay out dividends. If you had two identical, let's just now stick with me for a minute. You have two identical companies. These are the exact same companies in every way, shape, or form. They're twins of each other, and you have company A pays out a three percent dividend. Company B doesn't pay a dividend. You collect that dividend, that 3% dividend every year. The other one just grows. They're going to make the same amount of money. 
overall. There's going to be no difference. The only thing is, is that you've taken out dividends and haven't reinvested any of those. So you're going to have less money than the person who let it grow. And if the other one took out the same amount in dividends that you took out at the end of the term, the things are going to be identical or and darn here's close. Another thing to th- think about because i think what and jim thank you for your call what jim is really trying to suggest is that a dividend payout strategy in retirement is better than what i think the academic work is very strong that shows a total return strategy which is what you were alluding to don things go up things go down you rebalance you take from the winners put that in your pocket market adjusts again you take from the winners you put that in your pocket yes sometimes you have to draw after things have gone down but over the long haul that total return strategy has been much better for investors than a dividend payout. I'll put and it that actually, way. the company that the the hypothetical company that didn't pay out dividends, because of the fact that stocks tend to rise seventy five percent of the years and fall twenty five percent of the years, even if you were withdrawing, you would yeah. end up in the company that didn't pay dividends with probably just a little bit more money at the end of the same term, even drawing during bad markets. We get way too caught up. In, and and it's because it's because people watch too much CNBC or read some of the financial press. They talk too much about how taking money out in a bad market is going to destroy your portfolio. Yes, if you take it all out in a bad market, it's going to destroy your portfolio. But if you're drawing five percent of your assets, we can't run. We've run Monte Carlo simulations, and we can't come up with a sim, with a single one. If you had equities in your portfolio, where you would have run out of money, not once even during the worst of markets, because there are more good ones than bad ones. And by the way, that's just financial physics. There have to be more good markets than bad. There must be. It can't be the other way around. It is, And that's because? Because if it was the other way around, if there were more bad markets than good, eventually the entire value of the global economy would reach zero. And if the global economy reaches a value of zero, I think almost all of us would have already shuffled off this mortal coil and the few that are left are going to be eating zombies or whatever for dinner. We won't be taking Virgin to the, the moon, I guess, at any rate. Um, so, okay, there <laughs> I you go. I thought we were going into human sacrifice for a minute when you said Virgin. No, no I'm going... we're not going to do that. So we don't have time for another call, right? No. Wait. No, we're we done. Don't. We're we done. So, we don't. Don't. I'm, I'm so sorry, sorry about that. I yeah. wish we did because I was really having a good time. I really do enjoy this. I hate to say it. Um, we'll be back in just a minute, though. Don't go away. I'm Don. That's Ron. Talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And remember, you can call us 24-7 at 855-935-TALK with your questions, or you can send them in or speak them in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. And if you have something that's a little bigger and it needs uh, a one-on-one with one of our advisors, just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on Meet an Advisor, TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor we know a good one investing must always involve risk in other words you can and probably will lose money at times also as much as you want it no one can accurately and consistently predict the future so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring unlike many other programs that say something similar talking real money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities instead the program
program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.